0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. You know life is getting weird when the best headlines come from a satire site. A recent Babylon Bee headline listed nine reasons to just let government raise your kids. For my entire life, it seems most Americans have been letting government raise their kids. And what a job they've done. Students struggling to read and write. Elementary school children turned into sex objects. And college students are taught to embrace atrocities. It's not just what they learn in school, but how those lessons impact their lives and the decisions they make. Don't forget, those young people are making decisions that will impact all of our lives. Or as the old saying goes, be kind to your children. They're the ones picking your nursing home. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. And, uh, you know, sometimes, the, I guess the, the greatest truth comes from satire. So when I saw this headline from the Babylon Bee, you know, nine reasons to just let government raise your kids, I had to look. And once I looked at it, I had to bring it to you. Again, this is satire, but think about it. I want you to realize, you know, just how true some of these things are. So there's nine. We'll start. Number one, the government always does a great job at everything it does. Have you ever seen the government fail at anything? Don't think so. Then again, they said number... And of course, I I look at this thing, what has government succeeded at except, uh, well, pretty much hatred, division, and bankruptcy. Yeah, they've been pretty good at that. Number two, the feds raised 11 from Stranger Things, and that turned out great. It was encouraging to see how seriously the government took its responsibility. Keep an eye on her. Now, I've never watched Stranger Things. I have no idea who 11 is, but I can take a pretty good guess from there. Number three, California is already doing it. If there's one thing we've learned in the past few years, is that you should always follow California's example. Rioting, public, uh, uh, public destruction. I mean, just just you know, needles and 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 feces everywhere. Run into bankruptcy. Yeah, they're they they're the ones I want to follow. Uh, let's see, number four. Your children might learn a cool secret reptilian language. That'll come in handy for the high school field trip to District of Columbia. Yeah, all right, okay, maybe I guess the Republican thing, I mean, uh, uh, you know, reptilians, uh, you know, overlords taking over everything. Number five, when they turn out bad, you can just blame Republicans for lack of funding. Johnny's a meth dealer now. Curse you, Republicans. Gee, it sounds like an old G.I. Joe thing, doesn't it? Number six, it's not fair for your child to have a better education than others. Your kids should get the same low-quality schooling as the other kids being raised by the government. It's about fairness, folks. Oh, boy, that one's a dead-on bullseye. Rather than figuring out how we can make education better, we seem to want to just drag all the education. It's the, it's the commonest way of doing things. They never raise people up. They always drag people down to the lowest common denominator. Number 7. Free babysitting so you can practice self-care with several glasses of wine. The only thing more important than caring for your child is caring for yourself. You deserve it. How many people? How many of you know? Uh, no people that can't wait for the school year to start so that they can get take someone can take the kids off their hands for a while. Number eight, they will always be fully vaccinated. The most important thing when it comes to raising children is inject them with as many experimental drugs as possible. Yeah, you know, I've been listening to Dell Big Tree and and doing some more studying on the. Uh, Not just COVID, but the entire vaccine uh, industry. And if it doesn't turn your stomach, I don't know what what will. Then, of course, number nine, they will learn to obey their parents, which is now the government. They think that the parent, they think they can, they have all the answers. Well, guess what? That's what happens when you turn when you simply let the government raise your children. Now listen. The idea of public schools as a a you know allowing everybody regardless of their their fiscal or their their social economic background to get a good basic education is a great thing. The problem is we let government take it over. And you know again when this a lot of, when this started we dealt with um you know towns and communities would start a school and uh, all the kids would get to go and they would oversee what was being even even when i was a kid when i was in 5th grade so i was about what 10 years old my mother used to volunteer there was a classroom that i was in that was overcrowded it was new york city high new york city elementary school it was an overcrowded classroom and uh, my mother volunteered to help in fact she enjoyed it so much when i moved on to the 6th grade and junior high school she stayed in the 5th grade class to help It used to be parents did things and the school was there to help the parent in the education of the child rather than what's come up uh, with uh, today. And I I think too many of us have just fallen into this trap of, well, the government would do it and I don't have to worry about it anymore. We've gone from parents being the primary educators of kids to in many cases, not only schools not wanting parents involved, but parents just unwilling to be involved. And then we wonder why we end up with so many of the issues we run into. Uh, for example, according to uh, the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction, um, they've released some of the latest standardized test scores. According to this, nearly sixty percent, six zero three fifths of the public school students continue to unable to be read, write, or do math at grade level. That's right, we're talking three-fifths of students in Wisconsin public schools that are having problems reading, writing, or doing math. They said that they showed that 39.2% of public school students are proficient or better in reading, while 41.1% are proficient or better in math. Now, those, granted, are statewide averages. Your your schools, um, their performance may vary. But what does that say about public education as a whole. Well, the numbers show that uh, if you are in a low-income neighborhood, um, you're only 22.6% are going to be proficient in reading and 23.1%
1: proficient in math. Think about that. The reason we have a public school system is so that
0: everyone can get a basic education. But what we're seeing is under government control, it's an abject failure. Even if you live in a better neighborhood, uh, you know, with with better schools, if the average is sixty, but the low is twenty two, then what are the numbers for the good schools? Because back at the low income schools, forty two percent of the students are minimal, minimal at reading, and forty five point nine are minimal. At, at at math, they they can't do basic math. You want a, an example of this? Well, granted, a lot of people use cars nowadays. But when we still used to use cash, watch a young person make change without the computer's help. I remember working with a a woman who uh, we filled out time cards by hand, and we counted our hours in tenths of an hour, and she couldn't do it. This not only wasn't a grown adult. This person was a a school teacher who was all but functionally illiterate at math.
1: Where does that leave us? What happens if the the calculators and the cash registers go down? What happens when you have to calculate your
0: taxes or the cost of a car when you're paying an interest rate? Now, I'm sure there are those out there saying, go, see, Paul, we need to invest more in education. We need to invest more. There's a problem. The last time I checked, granted, it's been a while, but the United States paid, on average, more per capita, more per student for education than any other country in the industrialized world. But we have some of the lowest scores, the lowest proficiency rates of any country in the the industrialized world. So it can't be a function of money. If you spend
1: more and get less, more money isn't going to help. Now, what would help? Well, I have some ideas. What if we went back
0: to, oh, I don't know, passing and failing students? When the recognition that a student that failed a class, the problem wasn't simply the student. The problem was the instruction as well. That that if a a student didn't pass the test necessary to graduate from a, a grade, they didn't graduate from that grade. There have to be consequences for failures. I know we don't want to see that. We don't want to think everybody will be fine and and everybody just gets along and there are no losers. I'm sorry, there are students who fail. And if you don't tell them that, if they don't learn how to deal with that when they're younger, there's no incentive for them to do better. But there's more. I think during COVID, one of the things that that, uh, parents began to notice is just how little time out of the school day is actually spent on the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And how much time is spent on other things like CRT or or LGBT studies or or other things that, that may or might not have a a value in a person's life. But if you don't do the if you don't know the basics, how is everything else going to help? Well, take for example uh, McDowell McDowell Mountain Elementary School in Forest Hills. Unified School District, a parent of a second, second grader, second grade, six, seven years old, found, uh, uh, found books that were, well, she referred to as woke and sexual, uh, teaching children about um, homosexuality, transsexuality, and, and uh, sexual activity at the age of six and seven. Now, maybe at six and seven, you should be spending more time learning uh, addition and subtraction then promoting this idea that anybody who disagrees with with homosexual marriages must be ostracized. Maybe then we'd have students that could actually, oh, I don't know, read, write, calculate a tip uh, for a restaurant check. See, we focus on the wrong things, and we've allowed teachers to act like experts. Well, they went to college. I don't care. It doesn't mean they know anything. They've been educated into imbecility in many cases. So we have kids that are functionally illiterate, both mathematically and and, uh, reading and writing, yet we spend more and more money teaching them things that are turning them into sex objects rather than teaching them
1: the basics. Here's another one. How about the basic concept of discipline? And I don't simply mean... Punishing
0: children for bad behavior Although that's part of it It's the discipline of, of how People are supposed to act When we first started Homeschooling our daughter I got the usual question, Joe you know, Aren't you worried about socialization? My response was I'm very worried about socialization That's why she's not in a public school Because it's basically turned into Lord of the Flies And leading the, the way As seems to be almost always the case Is California California legislature just passed a ban. They made it illegal for public schools to suspend students for disrupting classes or defying teachers. In other words, what they call a willful defiance. So let me get this right. You can have a student that um, habitually disrupts the class, not only preventing them from learning, but making it harder for everyone else in the class to learn. For defying the teacher, and rather than being suspended or otherwise punished, California has now made that illegal. Well, maybe the governor's signing statement will help explain it. She so so said, uh, no more kicking kids out of school for minor disruptions. Students belong in school where they can succeed. Um, define a minor disruption. If the student is disrupting the class, um, what punishment do you recommend? And if students are supposed to be in school where they can succeed, how can they succeed when we, the disruptive children are
1: allowed to disrupt the classroom, preventing everyone else from, oh, I don't know, succeeding? You see what happens when we turn, gov- we turn control of our children to government?
0: Rich Limbaugh used to call them uh, Young heads full of mush There's a lot children have to They need to learn To be functional in a free society And that's exactly what they're not Spending time learning What are they learning? Well in California they're learning Hey you can be a disruptive little brat And get away with it because Well no one's going to suspend you for it Because the, the politicians The supposed representatives Of California Believe it's more important that students be in school than actually learning in school. They're less worried about the disruptiveness, the 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 when a student is disruptive, they're more worried about punishments for the student than for the consequences to every other student in the class. Isn't that always the way with these Marxist communist people? They're more worried about the the bad actor than the ones who are are. Victimized or, or, or harmed by their bad actions. And then we wonder why kids can't read and write. You know, I remember when they stopped teaching students to write in cursive. And one of the, the concerns was if you cannot read and write in cursive, how do you read our founding documents that are written in cursive? But th- today they all have, you know, typewriters and keypads. Yeah, but how do you read the original documents? Do you need them translated for you? And how long before they don't even bother reading them anymore? We'll just, we'll get an audiobook because we can't be bothered to read because we can't read because we never learned it in school. So sure, let's just let the government teach all of our kids. We'll just find all these reasons, just let government raise our children because they've done such a good job so far. Now, if you actually have to learn for yourself, might i recommend the website constitutionstudy.com great place to learn about the constitution to help you read and study it for yourself and hey the patriots program is up and running go to constitutionstudy.com/patriots to find out more uh, take the boot camp it's a one hour it's free a one hour video you pass the test at the end i've got a little oath i ask people to, to take and then you can become a patriot and help us build this movement to educate not just the children but the adults on how to live and breathe free. Now, there's a lot to get done. We all have busy lives, and sometimes, well, we're tired. Maybe it's because you're not getting enough sleep. You're not sleeping well. Well, you can fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deeply, wake up refreshed with Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplement. It is the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep, As an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of any product from uh, Healthy Cell, REM, Sleep, or any of them. Find out more at AmericaOutloud.shop, but use the code OUTLOUD when you go to Healthy Cell's website. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order.
3: Welcome
0: back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. And today we're asking, you know, hey, who's raising our kids? And what are the consequences of simply turning them over to a government or even an academic system that uh, look at what is teaching them? The first segment we talked about what's being taught in, in the lower public schools. What about higher education? Now, we all know what's been going on in Israel lately. Well, several uh, faculty members at the Harvard Divinity School, the Harvard Divinity School, sent out a statement. They condemned. Did they condemn the Palestinians for their attack? No. Did they condemn the Palestinians for raping women on the
1: street, for murdering families and murdering babies? No they condemned israel for their supposed oppression of palestine of the palestinians now you have to
0: remember it was what 2003 i think when israel gave up all claim to gaza said here it's yours govern it yourself the, if there's a palestinian state gaza could be it gaza is a is independent but paul there are blockades well let's see it didn't take too long after the palestinians were given a a state uh, that uh, they attacked their neighbors. How often does your neighbor come into your house, beat up your your dog, rape your children, and kill your cat before you start putting up walls and saying, we're not letting you in. But what does it say? How many people are in Harvard's divinity program? These are people studying to be, be pastors and priests. And looking at this and saying, we are on the side of the murderers, the baby killers, the uh, uh the rapists. Gee, it sounds like something I've been I've been reading uh um uh Ezekiel lately. I, I read through the Bible every year. I've been reading in Ezekiel lately, and, and they talk there he talks about how the, the leaders in Israel had turned away, how they had followed false gods, how they had sacrificed their children to the god
1: Molech. How's that any different than the Harvard Divinity School? Teaching future pastors, preachers to be on the side of the murderer, the the, the rapist, the baby killer is that what your children are being taught do you do you have a child going to to harvard to
0: the divinity school with with images of them growing up to be a a a, a teacher someone in the ministry
1: and they're being taught to side with the terrorists in the face of evidence of the rapes and the murders, how, how, how does that not warp the, the students that are going to Harvard Divinity School? Are you paying a prestigious university to teach your children to side with, the, with people like that? With the terrorists, the rapists, the murderers the baby killer. Now, does that mean Israel is perfect? No, Israel is not perfect. But in in this point, if you're going to side with Gaza, then you've chosen a side.
0: In the book of Deuteronomy, we read, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse the blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God which i command you today and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God but turn aside of the way which i com- uh, turn away from the side which i command you today to go after other gods which uh, you have not known now it shall be when the lord your god has brought you into the land which you go to possess that you shall put the blessings on mount gerizim and the curse on mount ebal so as they entered the promised land. Israel passed through two mountains, Gerizim
1: and Ebal. And they were told to make a choice. Will they choose blessings or cursings? I imagine if you send your child to a divinity school, they're looking for the blessings. But it appears that many, not all, but at least a group of the uh, Of faculty, joined, by the way, by several student groups at Harvard, have chosen the curse. They have have chosen Mount Ebal. They've chosen the curse because they've chosen to align themselves with some of the most horrendous evils that you can imagine. Imagine a woman being raped in the street, in public. That's who these people have aligned themselves with. And that comes from an education system. An education system that has you know, laid its thumb on the scales of justice,
0: that has, has looked at, at at one side of a, of a history and and not the other that condones this evil while ignoring the evil, they, the evil that, that they are inflicting on others? Again, Israel's not perfect. And when Israel does something wrong, they should be held to
1: account. But are you telling me that the response to a blockade is to murder babies? No, that is evil. And if you are a student at Harvard
0: or even worse, a faculty member at Harvard, and you're supporting the Palestinians
1: in this particular endeavor, you've made your choice. You'll have to live with it. But consider this. You're also condemning the rest of us to live with that evil that you are spreading to these children. For example,
0: uh, University of Minnesota has a chapter of Students for Justice in Palestine. In which case, they refer to the Hamas attacks as the only option left for the oppressed and colonized people.
1: The only option left is murder and rape, the killing of babies. I don't know if this is brainwashing or just the simple
0: indoctrination of these students for, for justice in Palestine. What is their definition of justice? I'm sure they would consider it quite unjust when when Israel comes in and attacks civilians. They consider it unjust when uh, israel uh, military comes in attacking Hamas and happens and and women and children get caught up
1: in the battle. But they're saying it is right to behead babies. In front of their parents i i can I focus on that one because to me that is the perfect example of evil. They say to call this terrorism is unfair, really? How many of these students for justice in Palestine would uh um
0: freak out to find out that one of their fellow students owned a firearm
1: much less dropped into their classroom and started shooting up their neighbors with it maybe went to the local hospital and decided to go on a rampage through the maternity ward but you see this is what happens when we let these so-called experts,
0: when we let government decide who those experts are and what they teach
1: See, I'm sure most of these students here at the University of Minnesota, at Harvard, even the faculty, I bet you most of them went to public school. I bet you most of them were indoctrinated into the idea of Israel is evil because it's Israel. That's not simply anti-Semitic. It is anti-Semitic. It's just, it's just, It's not just anti-Semitic. But I want you to consider how many of these students are one day going to be faculty themselves,
0: or maybe they'll be in in policy positions, either as advisors or elected positions, to spread their hate, their evil, disgusting hatred.
1: The the ideas that uh, of uh, that justify rape and murder, and baby killing. What's life going to be like when these are the people who are making the decisions? Well, we don't have to imagine too much. All you really need to do is, is look around.
0: Look around at the, the culture of death, the
1: culture of perversion. But that's, that's the easy stuff. Think about the last three years. Think about a nation that gave up their rights because a government actor told so. Told them to. People in government thought they had the,
0: the authority to tell you your business was unimportant, that your job was unimportant, your provision for your family was, was not essential, that you could be forced to wear a mask, or even worse, become a medical guinea pig just to be a part of society and how many millions went along with it i said before i have friends the uh, the couple was pregnant and they got the jab simply because a doctor told them listen you know god forbid there's a problem during the delivery you wouldn't want to be held up at the hospital with paperwork because you didn't get you didn't have the jab
1: and they did it they followed They followed whatever this government actor told them to. They
0: shut down states. They shut down cities. They shut down dissent. They shut down debate.
1: I've been called anti-American for debating a law. That's what comes from this. That's what comes from generations now of letting government educate our children. Letting government raise our children. Letting government establish morality, virtue, values. Take a look around. Anybody who disagrees with you must be hated and evil. Anybody who says something you don't like gets considered hate speech, and you have the legal right to shut them up and, in some cases, beat them up. You have the legal right to kill babies in some states. And the government keeps looking for a way to shut down people who disagree with them. Not just the government. Everyday Americans think that it's
0: their right to not hear anything they don't want to hear. And anybody that disagrees with them
1: can be disinvited, shut down, doxed, destroyed. This is what comes from generations of letting government raise our children. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is just the beginning. Because unless the American people start taking responsibility for their own education and that of their children, there's even worse to follow. I I, I have examples that I want to get into, but I need to take a break before I go there.
0: But as you're listening to these messages, as you're listening to the
1: the advertisements and the people that 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 support this program in this network i want you to consider this how many people have used social media banks government actors to hide from you information they don't think you should have how many people have already said They would have voted for someone else
0: if they'd known some of the truths that have been discovered about the 2020 election. How many people have said they wouldn't have taken
1: the jab if they'd only known what was already known, but wasn't allowed to be shared? How many people are going to continue to side with the murderers, the terrorists, and the baby killers? Not in Israel, not in Gaza, not Hamas or Hezbollah, but right here in the good old United States of America. You know, because you listen to America Out Loud,
0: you probably have more information than a lot of other people that you encounter day by day. I still encourage you to go to AmericaOutLoud.news every day to find out what's going on the news and different and other information. Because it's that, you know, what I keep saying, knowledge isn't is power until it's put
1: into action. So you start with the knowledge, then you put it into action. What do I mean? Go to AmericaOutloud.news. Find the,
0: the, the stories, the videos, the articles, the podcasts. Find the one that says something that you didn't know. Something that you found disturbing.
1: Or educational, or just plain important, then share it. It, it doesn't, you know, we keep looking for the big thing to do. What we really need is a lot of little things to happen. We
0: start by sharing information. See, by sharing this news, by sharing an alternate point of view, by sharing the, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, you're not just spreading the news.
1: You're exercising a fundamental right as a human being, the right to express yourself. Free to the press, free to the speech. You exercise it. See, if you wish
0: to enjoy the blessings of liberty, you must exercise the blessings of liberty. And by doing so, through sharing all of this information, you too are working to help secure the blessings of liberty.
2: For 25% off your first order. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutLoud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back every day, American you've Join the Constitution Study. Today we're looking at the consequences of, well, who's raising our kids and what are the what's happened from that? I'd say probably one of the, the grandest or, or most the greatest scope of a consequence of letting government run our, raise our children has been a, generations of sheeple. People who simply follow along with what they're told, never questioning, never investigating, simply drinking whatever slop is placed before them. And again, the greatest example has to be the last three years and COVID. A new study uh, by the Correlation Research in Public Interest um, looked at the data of I think it was like literally an all cause mortality, and they were looking at the mortality rates, the all cause mortality rates across seventeen countries, and uh, they they were looking for the vaccine dose fatality rate. and I, I found this on Slay News, and uh, the numbers they came up with were, were truly frightening. Based on their study, they estimate that 17 million people have died
1: from vaccine-related injury. 17 million. Now, this is an
0: an inference study, meaning they're looking at statistical data and making statistical analyses, right? They, uh, uh, to come up with these numbers. But we don't need those. We can simply look at at uh, VARES and see the number of deaths and serious injuries that are correlated with taking the vaccine. It being orders of magnitude larger than any other vaccine that was allowed on the market. But yet it was still there, and yet we still have people telling us, "Well, get your vaccine. It's it's you know it's election time. It's COVID's coming back. We got to get our our your your vaccine." Um, no uh friends of ours a couple they they just had covid this boy we're sure glad we got our vaccines that way it wasn't so bad i'm like really um my wife and i've never gotten the vaccine and and we've never had covid then there are doctors that are seeing an increase in will only be described as, as as psychoses Uh, for example a dr patrick William slater who who he was a neurologist um in in austin um in in 2021 yeah 2021 october he came down with uh cerebral ataxia a disease that affects his movement and and he said okay there, there were there were problems but then he kept coming up with more and more problems started having panic attacks and and other problems and he looked at his life and he said there's no question in my mind that his ever worsening wave of symptoms developed after each subsequent mRNA injection okay that's one person except after uh, project warp speed and, and the late 2020 push for the these mRNAs there has been a steady increase in what are referred to as uh, unusual Psychiatric illnesses. The doctors everywhere have been seeing this. Now, could it be that the, the untested vaccine, because COVID-19, even the FDA admits they did not do what would can be most people consider proper safety. They never did placebo safety testing or effectiveness testing uh, on these on these drugs. Could it be that this wave of, of psychiatric issues? comes from the fact that people, like sheep, simply did what they were told, what the government told them, and put a jab in their arm. Became medical guinea pigs. Because these were not fully tested. They were not licensed by the FDA. They were issued under an emergency use authorization. They were, by definition, experimental. But millions of Americans and millions of people around the world simply rolled up their sleeves and said, stick it to me. The only good news is... It seems that in America, some people are starting to wake up. Only about 2% of Americans have received the latest COVID booster shot. Uh, last year's version, uh, 56.5 million P- Americans took it. This year, seven. Now, to me, that's that, that, that's at least a little bit of waking up. But it only happened after people have gotten sick, people have died. It has made the news and now people are saying, maybe I don't want to stick that stuff in my arm. And we see that, that especially, by the way, oh, yeah, it doesn't work. It does not prevent COVID. Well, Paul, it lessens the symptoms. How can you prove that you never tested it? Oh, well, they said so. Oh, yeah, these are the same idiots that said
1: uh, masks work. And there's more and more research that shows masks don't work. I had one guy online, he was saying, you know,
0: um, well, it depends It depends on which mask. I said, yeah, you know what? The CDC data shows that the N95s, if they're properly fitted and worn, are about 65% effective. That's if they're properly fitted and worn. And here we're seeing reports of more colleges and, and, and hospitals reinstating mask mandates with all the evidence that they don't work, but they still are pushing them. So now there's a a new um study claiming that, oh no, no, no mass work. And they, it's interesting. They look at the math, and I find the math interesting. Uh, a coronavirus is very small, approximately 0.06 to 0.16 microns. And by the way, there's a micron is one one thousandth of a millimeter, right? We're talking tiny. But they say, well, your respiratory viruses like corona, they're transmitted through, through fluids, you know, through breathing and aerosols, generally less than five microns in size, or, or some larger droplets, or maybe a little more than five microns. And, and those, of course, they could be stopped by these, these, uh, these masks, right? Because, you know, we, we want people to wear masks. But here's the interesting thing. Again, the Cochrane Database of Systemic Reviews published a review in 2020 and a reanalysis in 2023 of, get this, human-controlled trials using masks to slow the spread of respiratory viruses. Both studies concluded that it is uncertain whether wearing masks helps slow the spread of respiratory viruses. Outside of the Cochrane organization, influence, one of the authors uh, uh, claims that there's just no evidence that masks make any difference Full stop Again He says there's no evidence That masks make any difference I remember when the CDC First started talking about masks And I looked at their study And you know what their study was based on? Two hairdressers in a salon yeah, Say they They had gotten COVID They wore masks Their customers wore masks And the customers didn't get sick So voila, it had to be the mask and that's the idiocy that the sheeple followed. See what happens when you have people who simply go to they're they're raised by government, and the government teaches them to be good little sheeple. Do what you're told. Don't question authority. Follow the rules.
1: Never ask. Never question. Never challenge. Where's that led us? Not just with COVID.
0: Right? We're looking at inflation. Now, Inflation's not a, a magical thing. Inflation is really very simple. It is based on the number of dollars chasing the product productivity. If there are more dollars, if dollar number of dollars in circulation goes up, chasing the same amount of productivity or less, inflation goes up. What do I mean? If you sell hot dogs... If you've got 100 hot dogs, you know, let's say you're at a ballpark, right? You've got 100 hot dogs and there's $100 available to buy hot dogs in the stadium. Hot dogs cost about a dollar. Makes sense, right? If you double the number of dollars, but you don't double the number of hot dogs, the hot dogs cost more. That's inflation. Put another way, it's not so much that things cost more. It's that each dollar is worth less. And inflation has been a problem. Now, the Federal Reserve wants inflation at 2%. Why do they want it at 2%? Because they want to devalue the dollars slow enough that people don't get upset, but fast enough that they can pay off the uh, uh, the, the, the money they borrow in less valuable dollars. It's a, it's a scheme. So we have, and again, how they measure inflation is real interesting. There are several different ways. They have what they call the Consumer Price Index, which measures a bunch of goods and services, but it's very specific. So it tends to leave out things like, oh, food, energy, you know, the stuff that really matters, right? The core CPI doesn't measure the stuff that you care about, like putting food on the table or putting gas in your car or heat in your homes. Now, this has been stubbornly high. Now, granted, not that high. It still remains about you know four four and a half percent. You got to remember when I was a teenager, inflation was eight, ten, twelve percent. So it's not as bad as it could be, but it's still bad. But what do we keep doing? Okay, if um, if inflation is more dollars chasing fewer items, then let's put even more dollars into circulation. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. That's exactly what the federal government has done. And, it conti- and inflation continues to rise. And again, what are the biggest drivers? Well, rent and gasoline. That's been apparently the biggest drivers of, according to BLS, of inflation. But again, the, the American people, we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And about a year, we're going to have another election, and we're going to hire a, the, the same types of people to represent us, that make us the same false promises to worship the same false gods uh, in, in an effort to keep their job and we're going to go through this all over again and then wonder, gee, I wonder why it changes. Because one of the things we've been taught is it's donkeys versus elephants and whatever you do, don't judge us by our fidelity to our oath of office, judge us by the party we keep. Now, what's some of the other things we were taught in, in our government schools and our government education? Government is always right. Listen to government. They're smart. Yeah, well, recently, uh, uh, that hasn't worked out so well. Again, not just inflation, not just COVID. Um, how about the government telling you um, who you can do business with? See, the Confu- Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has released a statement telling financial institutions that um, they may be punished if they actually considers a, per- a person's immigration status
1: as a decision to whether to lend money or not. I'm sorry, the legal immigration status. That's right. Um,
0: while the Equal Credit Opportunity Act makes it legal to discriminate based on race, color, religion, national origin, sex, and more, um, when, you, when you look at a person's credit application, uh, what about the, are they here legally? See, if they're talking about their immigration status, are they simply talking about are they a permanent resident? Do they have a green card? Are they here on a visa? Or whether or not they're legally here or not. Then wouldn't that be interesting? You have the, um, the federal government threatening legal action against banks for doing business with people who are here illegally. Therefore, it may not be legal for them to do business with them. This is the twisted web we weave when we follow government's education patterns but whatever you do never actually ask if the federal government has the authority to tell you these things you know the constitution gives very specific limited and enumerated powers to the federal government last thing you want to do is ask if the the government's actually if it's actually legal for the government to do such a thing in the first place this is why I go back to again The Babylon Bee hit it right in the head. Nine reasons to let government raise your kids. Just look at what you get for letting government raise your kids. Now, I understand. Not everybody can homeschool. Not everybody can
1: afford a private school. But I have to ask you, if you're sending your kids to a public school, are you
0: overseeing what the school is doing? In other words, is the school there to help you educate your children or they, do they act like you're there to help them educate your children? That it's up to the government to raise your children and how dare you question as we see more and more uh, uh, school districts coming down on parents going to school board meetings and
1: questioning what's being taught. See, it's not too late to change things. It's getting bad. It's really bad. But you have to start at home. And I think the place we should all start is our local school board. Let's watch out what our children are being taught.
0: Even if you don't have a child in school, how about, you know, if you've got the ability, take some time, invest in the next generation by making sure they're spending time being taught the right things, reading, writing, arithmetic. That they're being taught to civics and the Constitution and not just their rights, but their responsibilities in a free republic. How can we be the land of the free if generations are taught to be too afraid
1: of government to question anything they say? See, I think that Babylon B headline should be a
0: wake up call. It should encourage people to say maybe we shouldn't be letting government raise our kids. I think COVID was a great opportunity for parents to finally see what the government is teaching their children. Now, can we help those parents as they try to get a good and effective education for their children? And how can we do it? With this being involved in the school board, whether it's like my mother volunteering in the schools, or whether it's just it's helping a parent as they're trying to protect their children from be, being turned into a sex object, by some uh, uh, teacher with an agenda, or some uh, school board or other faculty member that, uh, well, they've got their own agendas. How can we help? You know, just the other day, somebody asked me what they can do to deal with a problem. And I always tell them, you start locally, you start with education. Make sure you know what the Constitution says. What the laws of your state and the constitution of your state says, understanding the, the proper relationship that they have with each other, use that to build a functioning argument and to figure out who is the best person to target that at. Is it your school board members? Is school board president? Is it a, a state representative or your governor? That's going to depend a lot on your state and how the education system is organized. But we can start with a little bit of our own education. And no matter what's going on in school, make sure you're taking the time at home to teach your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbor's kids, anyone who will listen, what the Constitution actually says and how they can defend and assert their rights. I also hope you come back and join us here to learn more at the Constitution Study. Every weekday at 4 p.m. we're on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen on your favorite podcast app, but I do ask, subscribe to the show. Leave the episodes a rating, a review, especially on Apple. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at AmericaOutloud.news. But just as with everything else, there are little things you can do, and one thing you can do is to share those links share this program share the episodes by doing so you help share the blessings of liberty